About 20 years ago, I went to Haiti, and we were visiting our sister parish there. And when we got off the, the airplane in the airport of Port-au-Prince, I thought, oh my, this is a different world than we're walking into. We took off from Miami, and I thought that was a different world, but for sure Port-au-Prince was. It took us three hours to get to our sister parish. It was only 30 miles away, but the roads were not paved. They pretty much rock and, and kind of cut out of the terrain, so you were going up and down and up and down, and it wasn't like this gentle undulation. There were kind of sharp kind of angles to the road. And when we finally got there, we were greeted very well, and, and we went and busied ourselves about what we needed to do. And We had food, we had clothing, we had school supplies, we were meeting the, the local folks who were part of that parish. And by the way, the parish was not just one location like this. The parish was like all over the countryside. And so the priest went to different kind of station churches in order to serve the people. Each night, we would get together and we would have a supper. Now, this supper was rather interesting. It consisted of, of roasted goat and rice and some other delicacies that were indigenous to Haiti. And what happened is the Haitians, our hosts, would, would prepare the meal. We would sit down and begin to eat, and our Haitian friends would sit along the periphery of the room where we were. And they wouldn't eat until we were finished eating. And a lot of us looked at ourselves and said, what's wrong with this picture? Here we are, first world folks, dining while our third world brothers and sisters sat and watched us eat. And then, honestly, they would receive what was not eaten by us. What was wrong with that picture? The pangs of conscience started to ring and ring and ring because it felt like Amos in the first reading, although we didn't articulate it at the time. Here we were sitting or reclining on our luxurious couches Drinking wine, metaphorically speaking, out of our bowls, that means lots and lots in, in excess, while our Haitian friends were sitting around the perimeter of the room. So the next night, and from then, then on, we said, would you please join us at table so that we all can eat together? And they kind of like, mm. And they said, yeah, we'll do that. We said, would you please eat with us? And they did. And you know, what happened when that occurred? Well, there wasn't anything magical that occurred. We didn't know French, and they didn't really know English. And some of them spoke French. I knew how to say author and pen and potato in French. But that wasn't going to carry a conversation very far. Oh, nom du plume. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to get that, right? No. So we had, to, we had a challenge in communication, and it didn't always go smoothly, but it was okay. And 
The most interesting thing, though, is that when we sat down, okay, it's kind of like, who are you? And they might have been doing the same thing. Who are you? And from my perspective, okay, I can't speak from the Haitian perspective, but from my perspective, when we sat together, then at least we looked at each other while we were eating. And I began to notice the brilliant smiles, as well as maybe some of the scars that were on people's faces, and maybe the hands that were worn because of a lot of manual labor that had to occur to support and sustain their lives. When we sat down to eat together, we started to get to know each other in a way that we wouldn't have if one group was sitting on the periphery while the other group, if you'll pardon me for saying this way, was feeding their faces and being satiated full of the goat before our hosts, who probably would have had one square full meal a day, and that was the one that we were eating. We got to know them. Hopefully they got to know us, too, in a little different way. And what that communicated to me is that, oh, we are not on a service trip, although it's good to do that. But we are here to spend time with real human beings who have real faces, who have joys and sorrows in their lives, and whose life story I barely know, and they don't know my life story either. But we're here, and we're getting to know each other first and foremost, as human beings. And as we do that, or as we did that, maybe there's some joys and sorrows that we shared, even though we came from two completely different worlds. Okay, I share that story because it's pretty poignant, but it starts to get the point across in terms of what we heard in the first reading and in the gospel. I don't know if, if any of us can really be comfortable with what we heard. I already quoted Amos, so look at, look at Lazarus for a minute and, and, the, and the rich man. By the way, the rich man didn't have a name, but Lazarus did. You know, when we were, when we were eating at Haiti, it felt like that, that, at least that first night, that Lazarus was right there while we, the rich men were, and women, were, were sitting at table, and, and we, we were just like worlds apart, even though we were close together. And, and that's one of the points that, that Jesus was trying to establish in the gospel today. We can be worlds apart from each other, even when we're physically close together. Lazarus was right outside of the door of this rich man. The rich man was inside, and they were worlds apart, even though they were very close together. And what didn't happen, apparently, is that the guy inside didn't bother to get to know the guy outside even though he either stepped over him to get through his door to go outside, or he saw him near his outside door and didn't do anything about it. But there he was, with the sores and the dogs and everything, hungry, hoping for some scraps from that guy's table. Even though they're close together, they were worlds apart. And I don't know, what did, what did that rich man 
call Lazarus. We don't know during the time that Lazarus was alive, but when he was dead, he finally knew his name. What did Lazarus call the rich man? Maybe he didn't know the rich man's name. There was no name to call him. Or if he did, well, he didn't use his name. Worlds apart. But it gets a little bit more interesting when we start thinking about how we're, we can be worlds apart from each other in terms of how we relate to each other because we don't see the human face of one another. So this can get pretty uncomfortable right away. We can think about immigrants, documented, undocumented, legal aliens, illegal aliens. We can think in terms of how immigration has been politicized, heavily politicized. We can think about the separation that we find in, in, in people in our country because of race or because of creed or whatever it might be. And these things are, are, have existed since humanity began after original sin. But yet it seems like that we relate to people in terms of names and labels as opposed to first and foremost the humanity that each and every one of us has as a gift from God. It can be immigration, it can be race, it can be anything, anything. I just brought up two examples. And what these scripture readings are saying to us is that everyone has a human face. And yes, those human faces come with complex problems, some of which we can't solve by ourselves at all. But we can know the humanity, or at least try to know, the humanity of the people who are in our lives and in this world. Because what did Jesus say? It's in another gospel, Matthew's gospel. Whatsoever you do to the least of these, that you do unto me. And, and what he was saying is, my face is in the faces of other people. My face is in the faces of other people. He's in yours, he's in mine. But especially those like Lazarus, who for whatever reason are down and out and are being labeled for whatever reason as opposed to seeing that human person and the face of Christ that is a part of that individual's face. Okay, it, it's tough. This is tough stuff. But we got to be faithful to it. And I was thinking to myself, though, okay, what about my own life now here in Marion or Cedar Rapids? What, what do I do? What do I do when, when I might come across a person that's like, oh, you're looking for a handout? Or, oh, what are you up to over here? Uh, are, are, what are you doing at the, the, the side of the road over there and, and asking for a handout? Whatever it might be. And so it, my reflection took me to this. This really happened about a month ago or two months ago, whatever. And I was in 
the parking lot of Sam's, and I was loading paper towels into the back of, of my car in the trunk. And a woman came driving in a silver van, minivan, and, you know, it wasn't quite put together, and she stopped and she said, I've got family and, and we need some food. Can you, can, can you help me out with some food? The first, what do you think my first response was? What do you think, Genevieve? Yes or no, or maybe so, what do you think? It was no. That's right. That's right. Good job. That's right. Why was it no? Because you're a fake, I thought to myself. You're driving around, and she did stop to other people after I said, oh, no, no. But then I started feeling guilty. Catholic guilt can be good. I started feeling guilty. And I said to myself, okay, what if she's a fake? What if it's real? And I had in my car this gift certificate for IHOP. I was looking forward to going to IHOP to have those fluffy pancakes and that really sweet syrup that goes along with it. And it's like, I want to go to IHOP. But I thought, wait a minute. You take this certificate to IHOP. I was thinking about doing it that day. You take this certificate to IHOP. Those pancakes aren't going to taste fluffy. And that syrup is going to be really bitter going down. So the lady was over by some other people asking the same thing. So I, I thought, take that certificate. So I did. I went over there, and I, I kind of went in front of her car, which I shouldn't have done because she was starting to go. But anyway, so I went, and I, I said, hey, here, why don't you take this? It was a fully loaded uh, gift certificate. Why don't you take that? And there's an IHOP just on the west side of town. Why don't you go there? And I don't think I ever saw her again after that. It doesn't matter. What did matter was maybe, well, at least first I was, I was acting on a prejudice. That's why I said no to Genevieve. But then it's like, oh, wait, this can't be right. This can't be right. So fake or not, here, take this. And I hope that things go well for you. you know, I'm not telling you this story to say, oh, look what he did. Not at all. But if I'm introducing the struggle that this scripture gives to us today, then I'm going to be authentic with you and share with you my struggles with this particular scripture reading or set today. It's hard to know sometimes who's fake and who isn't, what to do or what not to do. It's hard to relate to people because of preconceived notions that we might have. But what would be the best course of action? Like what Mother St. Mother Teresa said, do simple actions of love. Simple acts of love. And when we love, we're willing the good of the other as other and not for our own good. So sometimes that means we take a risk, maybe a lot of times. Sometimes we're going to get taken. But you know, if your heart is converted, if your heart is genuine and sincere because of what you heard from the Lord, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. The scriptures are tough. But I tell you what, 
One of the reasons why you are here is to hear the Word of God, whether it's nice to hear or tough to hear. But another one is that you're here to come around this Eucharistic table after you've heard the Word of God and been fed by that Word, You've come now to be fed by Jesus in the Eucharist. And that is the best, most essential medicine that you and I need that clarifies things in our lives and can set us right back on the right course, walking the way that Jesus asks us to. So we're not perfect, but we're in the right place at the right time to hear him and be fed by him. And that is healing, and that is encouraging as we go back out in the world again. Hear what he has to say. Be fed and be healed. And away we go with hearts renewed.